Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Ayo, welcome into the CHGO White Sox podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app today and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Welcome into Studio A of our CHGO offices here in the West Loop of Chicago. I'm Sean Anderson, the host of the CHGO White Sox podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. And alongside me, as always, is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You can follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. He's our CHGO White Sox community leader. And on today's episode, we have more reaction to Jose Abreu now being announced as a Houston Astro earlier today. And also Rick Hahn and Pedro Griffol announcing his, Pedro Griffol's, new staff. So a lot of new faces on that staff and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of old ones. Mm. Real old. Mm-hmm. Getting real old of it. But uh, old, sick and tired of it, Herb, you know? Yeah. Yeah. One guy in particular. <laughs> One guy. Should not be on the team anymore. He could be honestly working into December as a, you know, little Santa. Got, you know? You can go to a mall. Got and, friends uh, in high places. There you go. Oh, thank you. for. We have the graphic. We Don't, don't just peek, peek a little bit. Peek a little bit. Just a little? Go. We'll get okay. into a little, little okay. bit. We don't want to get my rage up a little bit right now. Okay. You know, gonna, Sorry about that. We'll, we'll I, start did, a I heard you talking about Santa, and I, I had chosen a photo where... Yeah, no, you got the great photo yeah. <laughs> of, of him. We, we might need to uh, Stan Bowman him, and I know that's a, a penalty I have to pay someone. Uh, yes. But I, I think if we have to talk about that person, uh, we'll probably just end up paying a fine. But anyways, let's get into Jose Abreu. Let's get into Jerry Reinsdorf as well, because he spoke about Jose Abreu leaving Chicago. The deals are $58.5 million for three years for Jose Abreu to play with the Houston Astros. Herb what do you make of the deal one day removed? Does anything stick out about the salary, the length, and anything maybe the Astros have said today about Jose Abreu? It just seems like they made it a priority to target him specifically to come to their world championship team, which to me speaks volumes because that organization, while have that baggage of being cheaters in 2017 and beyond, they won the championship in 2022. They looked like they did it on the level. And for the most part, their team is homegrown. So they can go out and get a player and target a player like Jose Abreu at $20 million almost annual average value and say, we want this guy for three years. We don't care if he's 36. He's still hitting the ball hard. He's still one of the top first basemen in the game as far as hitting and we want this to continue our championship ways. So to see them target him and Boston also say they targeted him and Cleveland also say they targeted him 
tells me that the White Sox are misevaluating their players and roster construction is what made this whole thing go because if they did a roster construction that was correct, Jose Abreu would still be on this team. I'm sure the White Sox, as Jose Abreu said in his press conference, which maybe here a little bit later, they offered him something, but it probably wasn't of the number that the Houston Astros or the Boston Red Sox or the Cleveland Guardians did. I would like to hear a little bit more from Rick Hahn about this Jose Abreu decision because I honestly think that there is an argument to say that this has always been the plan. They signed Jose Abreu to three years. They wanted to make it longer. They could have made player option after player option after or team option after team option after team option after team option and given him a nine-year contract. But, you know, the last six of them are player options or team options, whatever. You know, they, they could have gotten created with it if they really wanted to keep him here for his whole career. I don't think they actually did. I think the plan was that they drafted Andrew Vaughn third overall to be the guy who places replaces Jose Abreu. And they don't have to invest $20 million into a position that isn't one of the most important. I know people love first base, especially here in Chicago, with Frank, with Pauly, with Jose. But first base is expendable. I mean, the NL MVP played first base. The Cardinals didn't go super far. Um, you know, first base for Houston, who just won the World Series, got replaced by Jose Abreu. Um, so, you know, it's, it's important in certain aspects, but it doesn't have to be the best player. And, and, I, and the, the White Sox think they have their best player in center field. And you saying that, I hear it. In a vacuum, that makes sense. But you re, you don't know what we're in front of. What is, what's the show called, Sean? CHGO White Sox Podcast. White Sox. Thank you. White Sox. They're not going to replace, they're not going to replace the production of, of Jose Abreu with another player. They're going to just go out with the same team they had. So that's like, you know, they can... You know, you could say first base is not a huge uh, position in Major League Baseball for 27, 28 teams in baseball, maybe. But for the White Sox, it's absolutely a humongous part of their uh, success. And they didn't they haven't replaced them. And we don't see it in the offing that they're going to replace the actual production. So, yeah, it makes a difference for me because of the team specifically that we're covering that they're not going to say, that was production that we need to replace. We're going to just let that $20 million. I can hear you not, not paying the $20 million. I got it. You're going to pay for a guy that you think is going to – what he's going to do from what he – instead of what he did do. I get that. But if you're going to let him go, I would love to see a concrete plan for you replacing that production. And I know you're going to say Andrew Vaughn, Eloy Jimenez, those guys were already on the team last year. I mean replacing meaning another player that's going to bring production – if well, it's Michael Brantley, if it's uh, Benintendi, if it's Conforto, it's Nemo, we're, we're talking. But if it's just bringing the same dudes back, that's not going to work. And there's larger questions about the budget and where that sits, especially if Clevenger is $12 million. I'm not even sure what that contract still looks like. We haven't heard official terms yet. That hasn't been announced by the White Sox yet. So they could still be working on a deal, and Ken Rosenthal might have jumped the gun on this with 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 uh, Clevenger because Morosi originally reported that there was a guarantee for a little bit above $8 million, uh, and then Jim Bowden of The Athletic said that it was $12 million, so could that be incentives? And Bowden doesn't really know. Is it like $8 million guaranteed, but it can get up to twelve with certain escalators like Cy Young performances or innings pitched? Like That could be something with, with, with Clevenger. So we really don't know what where that is. So I don't know if you can't panic like the White Sox won't add. They haven't really missed out on anybody. This 
starting pitching market has been active. You have Tyler Anderson signing, and then I guess Clevenger signing as well. And first base has been active. Rizzo yeah. signed, and then Abreu signed. But outside of that, there hasn't really been big dominoes where the White Sox have missed out yet. So I think the biggest question that really hasn't been answered yet is the budget and where does that sit and where can the White Sox address? And I, I think the fact that the White Sox are identifying needs, going out and being active and getting Clevenger, it's similar of the past off seasons. And they were active enough in the last off season because that led to the seventh highest payroll in baseball. So I don't know if I'm waving the red flag panic button, like the White Sox. I am. I am because it's too early here. No, 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 no. We're, we, we've as, done this. We did this in the, throughout the regular season the whole time. It's April of the regular season right now. It's way too I early. As I said before, 28 other teams, 29 other teams, I'll be right there with you. But they don't deserve your benefit of the doubt. They don't deserve what you're giving them right now. They deserve the scorn that I'm going to give them because they haven't done anything last offseason. When you jump the market to sign Larry Garcia – when you jump the market to sign Kendall Graveman, Joe Kelly, these are bad moves. These are the moves that the White Sox make. You could tell, I could tell that, that well, Mike Clemens... You're leaving out Yasmani Grandal and Liam Hendricks, too. So yeah, let's say couple, they also yeah. jumped the market to get those two as well, and Dallas Keuchel, who yeah. you know, we liked at the time. They got three good moves. Three good moves. And so they've earned the reputation that they have. Anytime we're a national story, it's an embarrassment. So who wants to come here, even if they were offering money, which they haven't? They're, what, one of four teams that haven't offered or haven't signed a player over $100 million? Well, we've tried. We would just took the money. Stop trying. Start doing. I'm tired of giving these guys all the things and all the excuses. It's early. We said it's early in the season. It's this, that, and the other. Rick doesn't have control. This is that. And that. It's a bad organization. I cannot sit here and say that – the White Sox will do right by the fans. They've already canceled Sox Fest. They I'm don't not, care about you fans. They don't. And I'm not trying they, to say that either. I agree with you there. They hate the fans. And there's mutual hate going back. I just can't give them the benefit of the doubt. Prove me wrong one time, please, Rick Hahn. Prove me wrong, Kenny Williams. Prove me wrong, Jerry Reinsdorf. One time in your history, please prove me wrong. Well, I love Herb, this. you're always negative. Prove me wrong then. Please, Jesus. <laughs> Who said you were always negative? Twitter people. Okay. Who are always, the Han bots. Han's uh, doing this. He's the greatest GM here. I'm talking to you, I feel like a Han bot. Uh, but oh, there's you are the two, Han bot two, on the sing, show. Single, two super chats here. Uh, one from Stefan Bardo. I agree with him. Uh, anyone got a gummy for Herb? Uh, please. He's getting he's getting hostile today. Yeah. Oh, I think we need. Some oh, you're early. You're, man, if they go all next week without getting a significant player. The week after, I'm beyond thousand. <laughs> well, yeah, because aren't you uh, heading off to uh, DNVR on the oh uh, next second week of December? Like December 9th, yeah, just one yeah. day. There you go. Just to Denver hey, real that's quick. A stop. I'm pretty sure and that's I'll get all some, you need. I don't know if I can bring them back, Lawrence. Uh, just be careful. That's transporting it. is bad. Yeah, it's it's. I, I think it's federally illegal, but the fact that it's uh, they're both uh, it's illegal in both states. Eh. And now I'm on, on YouTube right. saying, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are looking for no, me. Herb's TSA not gonna is going to be like, huh? gonna there's that herb. Well, we can move on. We got another super chat from Derek. And thank you very much, Derek. We got a, a 10 plus oh. dollar super chat. You want to hear the bow, 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 bow? Uh, always. We, <laughs> 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 
Derek deserves it. I mean, Stefan deserves it as well. Uh, but Derek saying uh, there's really no way to replace his presence slash production. I agree 100% with his presence. And let's talk a little bit about, uh, and, oh, let's go to Rusted Super okay, Chat before Rusted. we actually do that as well. Um, we'll talk a little bit about his presence and how the White Sox think they'll replace his production. Um, I do think there's a lot of promising signs about uh, Andrew Vaughn. But uh, Rusted saying, unless we stay home from the ballpark, Jerry will not change. It's up to the fans. If we want the abuse, we'll keep showing up. If we want to change, we'll force it. Make a decisions, fans. It's on us. The only thing that I'm going to advocate for for you to show up to the ballpark, and you could buy your tickets through game time so you don't actually have to buy them through WhiteSox.com, but on, what, May 12th, I think that should be the loudest that park should ever be. When Jose Abreu steps to the field, when he steps to the plate every single time, I want that to sound like a soccer stadium in, in overseas. I want to be hearing Jose, Jose, Jose. Vuvuzela. If you really, really hate the decision to let him leave, make it the loudest that place has ever been. Cheer on Jose in a Houston uniform. And that's one thing that he did say in his press conference today was, I'm excited for opening day where we get to face the White Sox. Yeah. Like, that's something that he is looking forward to already and was saying in the press conference. And I hope it goes like when Frank Thomas came back here as an Oakland A, hit two home runs, White Sox win. I hope it goes exactly like that. Jose Abreu gets his revenge, and then the White Sox actually get the game. Well, friends, you lose, uh, you lose 60, so I don't mind if one's 59 because Jose Abreu hits, like, four home runs and just wins the game for the Astros. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I think those seven games, if you thought this, the six games against the Cubs was something special in 2020, I mean, oh, boy. Uh, that's going to be a crazy four-game stretch, especially with the Crawford boxes. Mm. Um, and it's going to be a crazy three-game st- stretch when he returns, returns in May. But Rusted's not wrong. I mean, we did see some public pressure – for the Bulls to change their front office, and it worked. Mm-hmm. I think the main issue, though, is recently Jerry Reinsdorf about the Pedro Grafol search said it reminded him of the Bulls search. So I think that he wouldn't see that there's a problem. So we could be upset, and I think that we've voiced our frustration. And I know Rick Hahn um, has mentioned that he does look at a lot of fan mail and he does look at a lot of stuff that fans are saying. Um, but I, I doesn't ever seem to be actions, or it never seems to lead to actions on the field and to, to improve the team. No, and I agree with Rusted. But the only thing is, Rusted, and you know this as well as I do, going to the ballpark is a great time. No matter if the team is crappy or not, that ballpark in particular, I like guaranteed rate, mostly because I'm a White Sox fan. The food, drink options are awesome. The sight lines are great. If you're in the lower bowl and even the upper bowl, you don't really have a bad seat. So it's hard to weather this whole winter of Chicago, come through and see what the White Sox are doing in February and March in uh, Arizona, and then say in April, yeah, I'm going to stay at home. May, June, July, August. Yeah, I get it. And it would be great if that was a White Sox protest, White Sox fans protest. They don't want to go to the ballpark. But I don't want to deprive people of joy. And it's fun to go to the game. And as Sean said, if you don't want to directly put money into Jerry Reinsdorf's hands, go to Game Time. You'll see the link in the description right here, this YouTube page, or uh, if you're listening on the podcast, right below the podcast uh, link's uh, description. So get it through there. You don't have to put money in his uh, pocket. So, yeah, I would love for that to happen. And I don't know if it necessarily hurts Jerry Reinsdorf if you don't come to the ballpark because, like, he doesn't really pay a lot for the ballpark. Right. Um, if well, you go over $2 million, then he has to pay, or $1.7 in attendance, then he has to pay something. I forgot what the exact number is, it's, but it's not really prohibitive for him. 
Right, and the the two million, like this is the f- the most attendance they've had since 2011. We're not seeing any of that be put into the team, according to Rick Hahn. It's it seems like the budget's going to be around 180 million dollars, uh, which is lower than it was last year. So let's go into some of these Jose Abreu comments. Um, he did talk about if the White Sox made an offer to him at all, and this is what he responded with. Jose, did the White Sox ever make you an offer? And what's your uh, when you look back on your tenure with the, the White Sox, what, what's your biggest takeaway from your time in Chicago? Los medios blancos te hicieron una oferta a ti y cuando miraste en todo el tiempo que pasaste con los medios blancos, ¿qué es lo, lo más grande que tomaste de esa experiencia? Bueno, lo más grande es que de toda esa experiencia que tuve en los White Sox, lo importante fue que dejé un legado de, de mucho respeto hacia el juego, de mucho respeto hacia mis compañeros, de mucho respeto a, hacia Jerry Rizzo. Eh, yo creo que eso para mí es importante. Yo creo que mi abuelo siempre me, me indicó a, a dar siempre respeto y sí los White Sox hicieron una, una oferta no formal pero hicieron una oferta a cual se queda ahí yo creo que Dios sabe por qué hace las cosas y estamos aquí que es lo más importante yeah I think my biggest takeaway uh, from my experience with the White Sox is that I try to give my respect to everybody that was there my teammates owner everybody that was at the organization I think that was the biggest thing that my grandfather taught me just respect everyone as equal and yeah, the White Sox did make me an offer. It was a really good offer, but I think we'll we'll leave it there. I think we I think God God knows what why he does what he does, and if we were here. So they made him an offer. Um, what do you make of them making an offer and Jose Abreu still signing with the Houston Astros? I mean, we've been talking since the beginning of October that pretty much that you know Nightingale and all the rest of the writers across America have been saying it's pretty much it for Jose Abreu and the White Sox. So I'm thinking the offer was just like, uh, hey, we're going to offer you somewhere in the, the vicinity of what we gave you last year or a little bit lower, you know, something that fits into their budget. We'll have you back, Jose, but it's got to be on our terms. And so it was under more than likely much lo- lower than the, what the Houston Astros offered. I don't know what the numbers that Boston or Cleveland offered, but it's good that they offered him a contract, whatever, whatever. But ultimately, as I said before, stop trying, start doing. If you're not going to win the contract, don't even offer. I mean, not don't even offer it, but, you know, be competitive. If I hope that Jose at least went back and said, hey, Houston's offered me this $58 million for three years. You got any of that, White Sox? And he's like, nah, we're good. And if that happened, that would have been uh, fine for me with uh, that whole situation. Um, well, if, like I, I said if anything, before, too, I, I think like it was a one-year deal. Yeah, and like, like I said before, I like I just want Jose to be great where he's at, and I thought he could be great here, and it would have been a good way to have like outreach to your fans. It's like, hey, we're bringing back one of our favorites, one of the best of all time, and um, our most productive offensive player last year to help us in 2023, but... That's what I, that's this organization. They just, you know, fall flat. And I can, if Rick Hahn, I, and we're going to get to the comments, if he says, hey, we didn't think that Jose would can produce this type of production going forward, I would say, I don't agree with you, but I think that's sound reasoning. And maybe through their actions, they're saying that without saying it. But I just want the guy to have the greatest career. And I thought he could have had and ended his career here, as Jerry Reinsor said. His hope was to never have Jose Abreu wear another uniform, and now 
we're seeing him in an Astros uniform. Yeah, well, now, sickening. now Jerry Reinsdorf has made a, a statement as sickening. well. So uh, <laughs> it is sickening. I, I agree with you 100% there. Uh, what Jerry Reinsdorf had to say on Jose Abreu, Jose Abreu deservedly belongs among the roster of White Sox franchise all-time greats. His determination and commitment to the game each and every day made him the consummate professional, always leading by example. It was my fervent hope that Jose would never wear another uniform, as I told him many times throughout the years. Unfortunately, hope is not always translated into reality. We ended up in different places in the business side of the game. Jose and I always shared the same love of baseball. I'm grateful to Jose for his friendship and the impact he made to the White Sox franchise, both on the field and in the community. I want to thank him always for representing the values of the White Sox organization and the great city of Chicago. Strength hard work, pride, and tenacity. His legacy is written in the White Sox record books forever. Um, first off, the Guardians thing. I, I do think that's hilarious. Um, Paul Hoynes of the Cleveland Plain uh, Dealer reports that the Guardians made a three-year offer, but that the $60 million range was, quote-unquote, beyond their reach. So shout out to the Guardians for being poor. Um, <laughs> Which they're not. They, yeah. They um, just act as, as such. The Reinsdorf thing, nothing really sticks out to me besides if you wanted him to be on the team, you were the owner, and you forced the manager on the team for the past two years. I think the big thing that sticks out is the business side of the thing. And I think AJ said something. Um, I really don't think Abreu was trying to show sh shade at all. And he said, not sure why people are assuming Jose is showing throwing shade here. Jose doesn't do that stuff. Don't project your distaste onto the organization. All he wants to do is be friendly, play baseball, and be respectful. And I honestly don't know if Rick Hahn would ever say something like that along the lines of, oh, we don't think he's, his production is going to hold up because I don't think he just wants to, you know, Jose was a legend. We respect Jose. We decided to go different ways. I think the biggest thing that he said and keep kept saying in his press conference, and it's not shocking that Jose Abreu of all people would say this, but he wanted to win. Mm -hmm. And Jeff Bagwell, who's basically the general manager now for the Astros, went to Miami with Jim Crane along with another Astros employee, and he said they didn't have to sell Jose on the Astros. They didn't have to do any of that. Uh, they don't have to do that because they've won two World Series in the past six years and gone to four. And he said, I don't really, Jeff Bagwell said, I really don't have to sell the Houston Astros. What I sold is the desire to win every single day, and he's all about that. Of course. And that's what everyone in the Houston Astros organization is about. And I think that might be something that did end up rubbing Jose the wrong way, is I feel like since there was no trade deadline acquisitions, mm -hmm. since there was no help there, and since it was all on him in 2022, I think he said, fuck that. And I think that, we even heard Johnny Cueto and Luis Robert was running with him, but you know we even hear that with Ronaldo Lopez, like Ronaldo Lopez and Johnny Cueto. Like Johnny Cueto had to be like, "Hey man, you got to start running." Luis Robert, same thing to stay healthy. Like I don't know if that desires in that clubhouse, and I think Jose Abreu feels that, and I don't know if he feels that desire from the organization, and I think Jose Abreu felt that. I think he said it without saying it. I think that's the only thing that I got from that was he continually said. Winning, I want to show up and work every single day and win. I want to win, and that's what he kept saying over and over and over again. I mean, you can – Jose's been in that clubhouse for the last, what, since 14? And he's seen Dallas Keuchel come in here to the White Sox clubhouse and say, this is not what, how we did it in Houston. This is how we did it in Houston. We're professionals. We get ready for games. Remember, first year that Dallas got here, he was like, yeah, this team, nah, 
we're not, you know, when they lost to Detroit, it's like, nah, the fire's not here, the emotion's not here, the urgency's not here. Same thing with Kendall Graveman, who has been around major leagues, and he spent a half a season with the Houston Astros in 2021, and he said, man, when I got to Houston, they do t- things totally different. And you don't think Jose heard that and said, man, I want to be there. I want to be where they're professionals, not go- goofing around. And you, Jose has alluded to it with uh, certain comments where he's like, you know, I just do my work. You know, I just I can't drag people to work out. I can't drag people to get in the batting cages. I show up by example that I'm a professional. This is how I get my job done. This is how I stay in the field. 150 plus games every year and you know follow my lead or not I ain't gonna be babysitting you as a child and so now he goes to a professional organization where the rest of the people are on the same plane as him or higher and they want to win a championship they have a desire to win a championship that is the mark to win a championship and so good for Jose to go down there and be amongst peers that want the same thing that he does I'm not saying necessarily that the White Sox don't but it's evident that through his words, through Cueto's words, through how people just continuously get hurt, people don't need to be convinced to do extra work, it's not the same. They have a different mindset, and I think the White Sox need to find a way to adopt that mindset, and hopefully this is a wake-up call for the rest of the people who are below Jose in that clubhouse and say, you know, Pito's not here, our leader's not here anymore. We need to step up individually, each of us. Yes, they do. Um, it's it's now or never, uh, truly, at this point. Like Aloy Jimenez, Yasmani Grandal, Luis Robert, Yuan Moncada, uh, I mean, Andrew Vaughn as well, who's going to be replacing Jose Abreu, Tim Anderson. All of those guys need to step up, and that's what the White Sox are banking on. And we'll talk a little bit more about Rick Hahn. Uh, Rick Hahn also knows Russ Dorsey, and he talked he to uh, Russ Dorsey uh, uh, recently, and we'll bring up some quotes from that as well. Uh, but we got to let you know about Green Ridge Farm. They're a Chicago local meat and cheese company offering you a better all-natural option. They're the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. They're perfect for tailgating, and you could join us on December 4th when we're going to be out at Roosevelt, Michigan, before the Bears-Packers game. Uh, starting at 8.30, you can buy your tickets at allchgo.com, but you can see we're sponsored by Green Ridge Farm and Liquid Death, so uh, cheers, uh, Liquid Death. Um, but uh, Green Ridge Farm, they're going to give you uh, the meat sticks. They're all natural, hardwood smoke for eight hours, and with 16 grams of protein per stick, they make a perfect workout snack, but again, they're perfect for tailgating, happy hour, school lunches, uh, watching football on a Sunday. They are truly, whenever you just have a little hunger, uh, put, put a little meat stick either in the microwave or in your mouth and you'll be happy. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, and flavors like jalapeno cheddar and spicy chili. And I can find them in the refrigeration se- sections at Costco, Sam's Club, uh, or your local Chicagoland grocery store. And too as well. They have deli meats uh, over at DeJules. You could see the Green Ridge Farm uh, deli meats in the little glass displays. You could walk by, say hi, uh, buy, buy a pound or so, and uh, tell them, uh, you know, CHGO sent you. I wonder people who watch this show from other states and they listen to us say Jules, and they come to the city and like, oh, there's no Jules here. It's just Jewel. <laughs> it's just Jewel Osco. Yeah. What the hell are you guys saying? Where's with that the extra S? Jules. The Jules. Right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. So again, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, those meat sticks will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. And our next partner is ComEd. Uh, you know them because you probably pay your lighting bill and they power our entire neighborhoods. They, entire, they power the entire city um, and they want to save you money. The ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses, uh, that's you, 
um, in the communities we serve, and that's probably the community you live in, manage energy usage and lower energy bills now into the future. ComEd offers a wide array of incentives on lighting and other efficiency upgrades to commercial, industrial, and public sector customers of all sizes across our territory. Customers can inquire about how to upgrade outdated lighting to energy and money-saving efficient LED lights. They can learn more about network lighting to operate your lights through your mobile device and track your facility's energy usage and more. Incentives have recently increased for outdoor indoor lighting and network lighting controls, making these projects even more cost efficient than ever before. So visit comed.com slash powering biz. That's B-I-Z. Comed.com slash powering biz, B-I-Z. Now to start saving money and energy and to start a project, contact us at one 433 2700 and for more information, email businessee at comed.com or public sector ee at comed.com. Thank you, Lawrence. Uh, and we are being produced today by Lawrence Benedetto. Hey. He's got three E's in his name, right? Is that what you told me? Um, five total, but yes, three in the back. There you go. Three in the back, two in the front. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Um, let's get into Rick Hahn as well, because he addressed the media today because Pedro Griffol filled out his, mm. uh, his coaching staff. That coaching staff is as follows. Bench coach Charlie Montoyo, pitching coach Ethan Katz. Oh, can I show it now? Yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, bullpen coach <laughs> Kurt Hassler. Thank you very much. Hitting coach Jose Castro, a sitting assistant hitting coach Chris Johnson, first base coach Daryl Boston, third base coach Eddie Rodriguez, major league field coordinator Mike Tosar, and senior director of sports performances Montoyo is new, last with the Blue Jays as the manager in 2022. Ethan Katz and Hassler return. Jose Castro is coming from the Braves organization organization where he was an assistant hitting coach, and he knows uh, Griffol from the Mariners. Uh, and then Chris Johnson obviously been promoted from Charlotte to Chicago. Daryl Boston's been here and has been here for four managers. Eddie Rodriguez is coming over from Kansas City. Mike Tozar is a long, long time friend of Pedro Griffal and is also coming over from Kansas City. And Jeff Head is coming over from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the glaring one is uh, Daryl Boston. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. why? Is he not good? He's Does he not terrible at a job. job. Oh. I mean, first base coach, you really don't do that much. I mean, you tell the, the runner at first what the pitcher's uh, pop time is, what does he come over to first with, what the catcher's pop time is, all that stuff with the leadoff, get back, which he doesn't do well because, you know, double plays and triple plays have been hit on the White Sox a lot. The only 8-5 triple play in the history of baseball, White Sox. Um, but also, he is the base runner coordinator and the outfield coordinator. And... <sighs> Every White Sox fan who's hearing my voice knows they don't communicate. They run into each other years on end. Like, it doesn't get fixed. And as Sean said, he's been here through four different managers. So what do you do around here? And where's the accountability? Joe McEwing paid, and he's not on the team anymore, for all the guys he got thrown out at home. Deserved. And Manichino. Deserved. Team didn't hit the home runs. Didn't hit for power as they're supposed to. He deserved his firing. Debo deserved his firing too because he doesn't do anything well. White Sox are bad at base running. White Sox are bad in outfield. Those are his two spots where he's supposed to do it. I know he's Kenny's guy. They go back long ways. But if there's not going to be accountability for the front office, which there wasn't, 
Everybody stayed. Everybody has their jobs. If there wasn't going to be accountability for the manager, he didn't get fired. He had a health problem. Miguel Cairo, he didn't get fired. He just, you know, was on the old staff. He was the old manager, just ushered out. So who paid for this ultimately? Minichino, McEwing. They paid for it. And, sorry, Shelly Duncan. Those are the three guys that paid for the White Sox uh, 81 and 81 year. They didn't say he's gone. Oh, yeah. But, he, yeah, he, that's a good point. They just, so, didn't list, they just didn't list him. That's a good point. I don't know if Shelly Duncan's gone. That's a really good point so, because. Um, slow your roll there. Tony Russa is still kind of with the team. I don't know. Question mark? Could but be. so, Minichino McEwing paid for the 81 and 81 underachieving White Sox. Oh, and Jose Abreu. Yeah, so Jerk. accountability is a foreign word to these people. And Debo should not. I mean, there's other troubling things about Debo. If you know what I mean, you know what I mean. So he should not be on the team ever. He shouldn't be on any major league team, especially the one I love the best. Oh, I got to When I saw that, I was like, this team just every day comes up with new ways to aggravate me. They really do. And I know people are like, why do you still root for him? It's like, some bitch, I was rooting for the White Sox before Rick Hahn was a White Sox guy, <laughs> when he was still cheering for the Cubs. So I'm not leaving. I'm waiting for them to leave. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not leaving. Let not them leave. Uh, Shelly Duncan apparently has updated his LinkedIn, which I love this. This is my favorite part of, of hosting a podcast and following hirings and firings is watching baseball LinkedIn. Uh, but apparently Shelly Duncan did list his White Sox uh, as, as his former uh, no, it still says present, so I don't know what the, what that scoop was. Uh, so I, I I don't know. Shelly Duncan might. He's still be probably gonna be reshuffled somewhere. He'll be st- still around I mean, the he team. Was a part time. He was a former minor league uh, manager, so I would think that he's gonna be shifted to our analytics department. Now we're gonna have six people in an analytics department. <laughs> Genius. Um, he's gonna wear glasses. See, I'm an analytics guy now, guys. I'm a nerd. <laughs> Does that make you a nerd? Yes, that's what. See, I'm old. So if you wear glasses in the '80s, you're a nerd. Dorks. Automatically. Uh, so Rick Hahn continuing to uh, upset people. Uh, he did talk about Andrew Vaughn, uh, and you know he said the typical boilerplate stuff about Jose Abreu. I don't think a lot of it stuck out. Did any of it stick out to you? Um, it was pretty much just we thank Jose for his time. Um, it was. It's it's odd to see him don another uniform, but that was about all, all that we got from 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 Rick Hahn about it. Um, but he did say they're very bullish on Andrew Vaughn's future and that they feel the team will be better when they have less guys playing out of position. He said that they don't see first base as a position of need right now, even with Jose Abreu joining the Astros today. Um, so you still don't. I mean, you think you're fine with Andrew Vaughn. It's just yeah. what else are you going to give exactly. us? Exactly. You need more. Um, I saw somebody put the, that meme, the hot dog meme. It's like... We're looking for the guy who did this, and Rick Hahn yes. and and uh, Jerry Reinsdorf's comments today is like, oh, we, we could, we man, we could have signed it. Well, let's find the guys who were responsible for not signing Jose Abreu. What happened? Oh God, you no, know, <laughs> his comments are the same. You know, whatever. He's, you know, he's good at working the media. He's good. He's a good orator. Like I give it, give him that. I asked, what does he do well? And some people gave me some answers. He's like, you know, sign people for long-term extensions under uh, when they're arbitration eligible, those, those things. But also, he is the front-facing voice of the White Sox. Tell me, Sean, do you remember the last time the VP of Baseball Operations, Kenneth Williams, 
speaking to the media. Yes. When was the last time he spoke publicly to the media about the White Sox? Never mind. Okay, you were going to talk about the time where he was talking about him being the only black uh, executive in a meeting. Post-George Floyd murder, he was very vocal about um, getting more black involvement into the game. The last time I remember him talking about White Sox baseball to the media was when they failed to sign Manny Machado in 2019. The last time you're... Exactly, on the cart? Yeah. V- executive VP has spoken to the media, a.k.a. spoken in public to the fans. That is piss poor. Why is he on the team? It signed Jose Abreu, too. It was the guy that w- went down oh, to Cuba. Oh, he'll tell the, you, too. Saw the saw the the tryout. They heard him, you know, hitting home runs to the, the dead center uh, shack and apparently had, like, a metal roof on it. And you could just hear, like, the clatter. Like, it sounded like bombs dropping from Jose Abreu hitting home runs. So, uh, you know, I mean, Kenny Williams could have great things to say about Jose Abreu. It would be great to hear him find that a problem? Know, speak about Jose Abreu. It's like... It's whatever. It's like the Cubs having no, Jed it's, it's like not the, speaking for years. No, it's like the Bulls. It's it's exactly like the Bulls. I mean, Gar Pax or Gar Foreman are stopped talking. You know, yeah, in but the, he's the, the underling years. to John Paxson. Kenny's above okay. Rick Hahn. So it's the reverse Bulls. Yeah, like like you don't speak to the media. Like I remember at the score, we used to request him at specifically with the Lawrence Holmes show at least once a quarter. Text Scott Ryford, hey, is Kenny available? Ah, uh, Kenny's not speaking. Kenny's not available. Kenny's not available. Kenny, he hadn't spoke to anybody. Mm-hmm. I, maybe I've missed it. Maybe he spoke to 1,000 or something like that No, on a, in an interview. But I haven't heard from that man since 2019. That's bad when you don't hear him. Like, we were, as Bears fans, we're mad that Ryan Pace did a press conference at the beginning of the year, at the end of the year. It. I wish Kenny Williams would do something like that. I haven't heard from the man. I want to hear some thoughts from Kenny Williams. What's his rule? What's he do? What do you do here? What is your thoughts on Jose Abreu, the guy that you scouted and brought to the White Sox? What's your What is your thoughts on the whole thing with Tony Russo? We did not hear a word from Kenny Ru- Kenny Williams the whole well, Tony Russo time, and we know he spoke the to the whole time. We know he spoke to the clubhouse. That was a report back in July uh, when they announced that Tim was the starter for the AL uh, AL All Star team. Uh, Kenny also talked to them about their lack of hustle, and then they went out and lost to Bro, Bo Brisky, 2-1. to one. Yeah, uh, and we and saw the, the, start. The, the post it's of awesome. that where people are just out there depressed after uh, Kenny gave his pep speech. Hey, yeah, Tim's starting in the All-Star game for the first time. Yeah, yeah. And you know what's funny? When we yeah, were putting together the top job. five moments of uh, Jose Abreu's career, when Jerry gave uh, Jose the cycle ring, do you know who's translating standing next to Jerry Reinsdorf? What Jerry's saying in Spanish? Uh, Billy Russo. White Sox manager Rick Renteria. And he's addressing the entire team. And he's speaking to them. And I don't, I don't know. He's a very good communicator. And I was just like, oh, interesting. Uh, Who's your daddy did give us a super chat. And thank you very much. And uh, condolences as well. I did see that in the, the, the Discord. Because uh, Who's your daddy's our diehard. Die hard. So uh, condolences to, to, to your personal life. Um, but uh, J.R., Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams, uh, treat running the White Sox like it's a hobby. They aren't particularly good at instead of a business serving its fans. And, I, I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf, I think, loves owning a baseball team. Yeah. I, I think he takes pride in it. Mm-hmm. He can be bad at it. Oh, real bad. So, I mean, I, I think that's about it. Uh, I don't I don't disagree with you. I, I, I don't know if Rick t- takes it like a hobby. I think Rick is the meat shield, and Rick takes everything a little bit more seriously. But... It seems like Kenny and Jerry has, you know, 
their stakes aren't as high. Yeah, that's the one thing I will give Rick credit for. He will come and take the bullets of the media and he'll face the music. I wish they would face the music to you out there at SoxFest, but they're not. They're going to hide. They're going to not have SoxFest probably ever again. I don't see that coming back until as long as Jerry is alive. I don't think that's ever going to come back because there's no reason to cancel it this year. They didn't even give us a reason. They didn't even care about you to say, hey, we're canceling it because X, Y, Z. Like, no, we're just canceling. It's all good. Um, But at least Rick comes out and faces the music. He has, it seems like he's kind of tamped down his kind of bravado and he's feeling like he needs to win the fans back. And I hope he has a, like some type of splash deal out there because that's what's winning the fans back. Not with talk, not with, you know, press conferences, but press conferences announcing this player's coming to our team that you guys wanted. And not like, and and I I think Clevenger might be a good signing, but also it's not like a, 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 project too like you, you not a guy you have to sell the, the the fans on you're gonna i'm like a lot of our job with clevenger is gonna have to be like selling that they could fix clevenger that this late arm slot and this late arm uh swing uh is is actually something that they can fix and make him more of an effective pitcher but if not the guy's probably just gonna be an average pitcher so like where where is this team actually getting better and again like jose abreu the guy who just put up the most war on your team how are you replacing him uh because right now there isn't uh somebody to do that. Um, and you mentioned Rick Hahn again. He does know Russ Dorsey. Uh, so over at BallySports.com, uh, Russ did sit down with general manager of the White Sox, Rick Hahn. And uh, this is from Russ's piece. And again, you can check it out at BallySports.com. But during the White Sox re- rebuild, the mission was to set up the organization to win multiple championships with the belief that the true contenders are able to sustain success over the long haul. Since Hahn took over as GM in October 2012, the team has reached the postseason twice and now stands at crossroads with the crucial 2023 season ahead. Quote, you've got to set the bar high. Uh, Han said, that's how we set the bar and sh- we should, or, and should we ultimately fall short of it and be held accountable f- for it? That's okay. A lot gets made of my comments during the Harper and Machado free agency, where I talked about how we deserved a seat at the table. People have now turned that into a bit of a mocking thing when we don't sign somebody. So instead of sitting at the table, which is fine, we didn't convert on that. So we wear it. I think the message is is that this is an organization that is a potential destination for premium players is an important one. That's who we want to be. That's an organization who we want we want to have. This is our aspiration. I'd rather aim high than manage expectations like, hey, we made it to the postseason consecutive years for the first time in franchise history. Success. No, it's about rings. Yeah. He's saying the right stuff. I mean, he's saying good stuff, but action. What about that action? Need that action, boss. Nobody wants to come here, too. Exactly. And he's talking about premium players and premium free agents. Come on. Come on now. Do it. And then I'll believe you. Like I said, prove me wrong. Prove me wrong one time. Sign right. a, sign a well, player well, over $100 million this offseason. And here's the other Please, thing, too. Jesus. Like, part of the talk this offseason is, are they going to trade one of the free agent signings that they made? The last big one they made, Liam Hendricks, is like one of the premium trade pieces. And... Half the people that want to, you know, in our chat want to DFA as Monty Grandal because there's some sunken fast fallacy or cost fallacy with him. So I don't know. I mean, the last time we depended on Rick Hahn to make a deal when this team needed it, it was the trade deadline, and he brought us Jake Diekman. And then came on the mic and said, man, really disappointed myself. Really disappointed we didn't get anybody. Also, in the hot, hot dude in costume, 
meme looking. I wish I had somebody to blame here. <laughs> Finding out the guy who did this. Like, he talks about accountability. There is none. You've been on the job since October 2012. You've won zero playoff series. Zero. Zero. Where's the accountability? You've still got a job. You're comf- not even got a job. You're comfortable in your job. You're chilling. You and Pat Fitzgerald got the most job security ever. <laughs> ever. Why would they fire Pat Fitzgerald? Because he just went 1-11 and won zero games in America. But also, that they have no NIL money, will not have any transfers because you have to be a genius to go to Northwestern. Uh, it's their just, fault. They're just going to... Well, hey, they're getting... A, they, they are the um, worst of the rich. They are taking the Big Ten loss or the Big Ten check to just get all those losses. Yeah. That's a fine spot to be. It's a you bad. Could be, you could be Colorado and be in the Big 12 or the, uh, the Pac-12 and be taking all those losses and be bad. I understand that they make money and Jerry Reinsdorf makes a lot of money, but look at all the people who are successful in baseball. They spend money. You got to spend money to make money. And that's the thing that this organization with the White Sox doesn't understand. They just like the money that they do get. It's a lot they love that, and that's the way they don't want to spend it. That's how they stay rich, because they don't want to spend it. They think that spending it will make them poor. It won't. It'll make you more. Like, the Golden State Warriors spend more money than anybody in the NBA. They're on top all the time. Same thing with the L.A. Dodgers. Same thing with the New York Yankees. Same thing with the New York Mets. On top. You got to spend money to make money. If they spent money, I think even if it failed, like – would you be disappointed as a Mets fan this year? Yeah. You had higher ex- expectations for the team. But you're not going to be mad at Steve Cohen, your owner, because he goes out and does everything you yeah. want him to go and do. Same thing with the Dodgers. Yes, you won 100-plus games, the most regular season wins that any Dodgers team has ever won, and went unceremoniously out to your rival, the Padres. Dodgers fans sad? Yeah, hell yeah. But they're not sad at their owner. They're not sad at their GM. They've given them every chance to win, and this year they're going to continue to do that. Yeah, they're upset with Dave Roberts. Yeah, we would love those problems. Just give us those problems for one year, just one year. We're just like, F it. I want to just spend a bunch of Mike Illich-type money for one time before I die. It didn't work out for the Tigers, but damn it, those Tigers fans like, thank you, Mike Illich. You went out a champion. You tried to get another championship. And Jerry is, I don't know if he's not healthy or nothing, but he's – up there in age, I would want, if I was up there in age, one more chance of glory, one more shot. And money, I can't take it with me. So why, might as well spend it. Yeah. Uh, Who's your daddy following up with another super chat saying uh, 29 teams would have fired Rick on by now, which is absolutely true because there's no results. There's no production. He had the seventh highest payroll in baseball. 81 and 81. Uh, we do got to let you know about Game Time. They're the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you ever dreamed about going to the White Sox game but not actually giving uh, money to the White Sox organization, Game Time uh, gives you the biggest last minute price drops that can be found on the seats you never thought you could buy. Um, and it's possible with the Game Time app to go get some of these. Fantastic, fantastic seats at Guaranteed Right Field, um, but for the low, low. Um, and if you're going to the Bears game, if you're going to come out to the tailgate versus the Packers, but you don't have a ticket to that game yet, game time will give you one of the biggest last-minute price drops. So you can be at the tailgate at, like, 8.30. Um, you can go buy tickets at allchgo.com, come to the tailgate, hang out with Green Ridge Farms, Liquid Death. Uh, we'll have drinks, 
fun Goose music. Island. Bags. Right. Um, bags. Shaitan Cornhole. Right. Um, in the parking lot, in, in our little setup, you could go to game time and buy the tickets there because that's going to be the right time to buy those tickets. Yeah, like 11.55. Be, yeah. You just walk 15 minutes to the game. You'll miss the first kick, whatever, 11.45, whatever. You're, while you're walking, game time, get your tickets, get in the, get in the ballpark, watch a Bears lose to the Packers. Hey, we don't have to. Hey, maybe Justin will play. Uh, created by the fans for the fans. It guarantees the lowest prices. And if you love CHGL, then you love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. And our next partner, we are very, very excited to uh, mm. pull this out. Herb's going to pull him down off his hat. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, we're going to do it at the same time. There we go. Straight. And now they're on. Not Shady Race. They never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are premium. You can see it, folks. Premium polarized shades featuring world-class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles catered for everyone in every lifestyle. Um, the best part about Shady Rays, too, is they have the most insane production program in all of eyewear. If you break them on the first day, they will replace them. No questions asked. And customers of Shady Rays seem to agree with the quality, the uh the uh, durability the of the weight of these uh, sunglasses because there's over 200,000 five-star reviews and we finally are holding them in our hands. And what That's do great. you, what do you make of them? Uh, they're great. These are, I think these are the Venturas of course for me. Um, and they're like just the coolest glasses I've had. And I say it, I can't see because I'm, you know, I got prescription glasses and usually when I have sunglasses, they're prescription sunglasses. So I am just cooling out. I can now wear my contacts again with sunglasses, it feels good because these Shady Rays are real nice, real quality product. I yep. didn't think I was going to get such a quality product, but these some bitches are great. I got my Oakmont Original Polarized, so go get yourself some of these sons of bitches, as, as Herb says. Uh, they're running their <laughs> sure deal Ray's like, hey, what of the hell? season. Uh, so the guy stopped calling us some bitches. <laughs> use code CHGO for 20, 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com. You could buy one, get one free. You could get Herb's Venturas. You can get my Oakmont. $54, both pairs. Um, again, buy one, get one free. Use code CHGO um, at ShadyRays.com. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all their newest and best shades. I know Vinny got some pink ones as well. So, uh, of course. So, yeah. And uh, Matt Matthew Cortez, he's saying we look cool. Finally. You could look cool, too, with Shady Rays. You could you could look cool and stay cool. And they come with, in these nice, this nice bag that you can use as a uh, uh, wiper, a cleaner, a cleanser. Nice. In a carrying case. In a carrying case. So you don't break them. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, uh, last partner, Foco. They dropped off some, like, Snuggies over there for the Bears season. They gave us some uh, some Blackhawks one as well. But Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite teams. That's us. Hi. Um, so you've get fitted with the best sports gear around. <laughs> Foco's got you covered from Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar with apparel from the leaders in sports merch and collectibles. Foco, that's F-O-C-O. If you're looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life, Foco's got you covered with the hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out Foco.com, that's F-O-C-O, or click the link in the description for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Again, Foco.com, click the link in the description below, and for all non-presale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off. Oh, my God. That's awesome, Thank you very much, I've been working on that. Yeah, you did a really good job. Rick Hahn as Tim Robinson, and I think you should leave now as the hot dog man who drives a hot dog car into the suit store and tries to steal the suits asking who drove the hot dog car into the building we're all trying to find oh the guy who did goodness. this <laughs> why don't you just let me leave wow um, tim robinson underutilized on snl 
And I'm glad he found his way. Uh, it with is a my couple favorite of show. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite Who's show. the White Sox version of Tim Robinson? Um, also, Friday Night. That was underutilized. Connor O'Malley. Was there. Yes. Um, yeah. It's a hard one. I don't know. Hmm. Very, very uh, hard Le- to. Leary Garcia. <laughs> just Ugh. kidding. Stop. Never leaves. Um, no, he will never leave. Uh, and just to go back to the Daryl Boston discussion real quick, um, Charlie Montoya will lead base running work. Um, so Daryl will just be in control of the outfield. Eddie Rodriguez will lead the infield, and he'll have Tozar and Montoya helping him. Uh, Griffol said that's a pretty good group. But what do you make of kind of, and if you want to flash the uh, the staff one more time, Lawrence, what do you make of, yeah, of course. Look at that. Katz, Kassler, Johnson, Boston, all being in the organization. And it also seems like Montoya wasn't really Griffol's choice. So right. it seems like Jose Castro has true connections to Griffol. It seems like Eddie Rodriguez has true connections to Pedro Griffol. And then Mike Tozar, the uh, field coordinator, clearly will have uh, has connections to, Toza, uh, to Griffol. But outside of that, seems kind of White Soxian. Yeah, which... I mean, it's disappointing because Katz should be here. Kirk Hassler, I mean, what, I don't know what a bullpen coach does too much. Just tells the uh, the pitching coach that the bullpen guy is ready. Get Whatever. Up. Good job, Kirk. Bro. Um, Warm. But as a unit, it looks a little bit more representative of maybe a major league squad. While I... Don't know Chris Johnson's necessary bona fides. He, you know, was down there in Charlotte. Does he deserve to be up here? Maybe, or is it just an insular move for the White Sox? Just having a guy here. I mean, he's not the ultimate hitting coach. Where that's going to Jose Castro, and we think that Mike Tozar is gonna have some type of hand in uh, hitting in- instruction and mm. things like that. But it's fine. But yeah, you know, I just take a offense. Uh, with the Daryl Boston being brought back because he's still running defense. Defense, outfield defense, and I don't care if it was Andrew Vaughn and G- Gavin Sheets or if it was actual outfielders like Adam Engel, Luis Robert, who we've seen decline from his Gold Glove award-winning rookie year to last year where he wasn't near that guy. And hitting and running into people, Loy running into people constantly. And this guy's going to still be the guy who's in charge of that. What's the impetus for him to change? Where is it? He's got friends in high places, so he's protected. There's no impetus for him to change to be better at his job. There's no pressure on him. He's good. So the same things will probably be happening in the outfield. You'll get in injuries like we got with Danny Mendick getting injured because Adam Pepperell Hazley runs into him and tears his ACL. Or Aloy running into Luis Robert. Multiple Think, times and multiple then they're making times. a bobblehead out of it because it's so cute. Yeah, these things are Daryl Boston's responsibility. Now, some might say it's a player's responsibility. It's like, no, it is at the at the you know, at the base level, their responsibility, but he's the coach. And we keep on seeing it happen. That means either they're not listening or and or he's not teaching them that. The communication in the White Sox outfield, piss poor. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it was everyone. I mean, it was A.J. Pollock, veteran outfielder. It was Andrew Vaughn. It was how's Gavin it Sheets. His, it was Luis Robert. Respons- it was Aloy Jimenez. HL says how he's, that's not his responsibility. That's literally his responsibility. He just said it. He runs the outfield. He's the coordinator for the outfield. Whose responsibility is it, HL? Please. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what 
Vinny has told us then, all the time is that if he's, it's not he's responsibility, what does he do? If he doesn't coordinate the outfield, first base coach, anybody can do. I literally can do out first base coach right now. Yeah, literally. And and, and Darrell Boston being a former out, a former outfielder, I think it makes sense that he would then coach the outfield. Yeah, um, I don't know. Uh, anyways, uh, that's going to do is it. HL, uh, is he, he's a White Sox employee, probably. I don't know about that. But then we thought be it was wrong. Herb Lawrence. I mean, everybody tries to be like me. Stop trying to be like me, HL. Can't be like Herb Lawrence. It's one of a kind. It's not his fault that they don't call the ball. Oh, my God. One of the worst. <laughs> I would think that it is his fault because, again, like, he's supposed to coach them to be like, hey, you guys got to communicate. Yeah. Hey, hey, guys, uh, you know, when you're going for a ball, you guys should say, hey, I got this. And uh, I, I don't know. I learned that when I was in uh, my coaches, weirdly enough, that word. Uh, my coaches told, yeah. coached me that. Yeah. They said the center field is the captain of the outfield to me. In which we've seen that, and that's why Luis Robert gets annoyed with Aloy Jimenez. And I was only calling a, him off. And I was only a first baseman, and I knew that as a first baseman. I knew the center fielder was the captain of the outfield. Hmm. And not a lot of balls, though, in Little League coming yeah. out to the outfield. So, yeah. I mean, that saved me. Um, anyways, uh, and maybe he's not. And maybe he is doing that. And maybe all of the outfielders, like A.J. Pollock, um, Adam Eaton, a- Andrew Vaughn, Gavin Sheets, Luis Robert, maybe they're all stupid. I don't, I don't know. I just I don't think he's that good of a coach. And HL, Maybe he is telling him that, but even Tony Larusso, who has the second most wins of all time, was out coached by Miguel Cairo because his voice was different. Miguel Cairo said he was saying the exact same same things to Tony Larusso. So maybe Daryl Boston should just get the fuck out of the clubhouse. Maybe yeah. he's been in there for four different managers, and maybe it just doesn't work with Daryl Boston. And also, I said it before, they don't deserve the benefit of the doubt that you're giving him. HL, they don't deserve it. Because the proof is in the pudding. They've been doing this for years under Daryl Boston's tutelage. Four different head managers. Daryl Boston's survived. Outfield has mostly been bad all that time. Yeah. Shout out to HLO and shout out to Who's Your Daddy. Shout out to Matthew Lucas and Brandon Truth, Matthew Cortese, Melissa. Uh, all these people always popping in to the live stream as yeah. well. Right. So even if you disagree people. with us, 130 people watching. Gonna, 130 hey, people. We're gonna and argue. the news was yesterday. We're gonna be we're gonna be cordial. We're gonna argue, and that's fine. Yeah. Cordial for the most part. You did say you were gonna kill somebody one time. Oh, that was joking. That was July. That was a long time ago. It's Please funny. hit the like was... button. Please subscribe. We really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you. Please hit the like button. Please hit subscribe. We're getting close to twenty three thousand. So What's up, shout Greg out, Miller. Shout out Michael Jordan. What up, Dan uh, from two one nine? And also, if you want to become a diehard as well, you can chat chat with us when we're not live uh, Monday through Thursday here at four p.m. So make sure uh, you're subscribed. Make sure you like to the the channel. And if you want to become a diehard member like Who's Your Daddy and uh, Melissa as well, uh, check out allchgo.com. But thank you very much. That's Herb Lawrence. You can follow him on Twitter at Eckenroll twenty three. I'm Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Uh, that. The show is produced by uh, Lawrence Benedetto. Thank you very much, Law Dog. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Go Sox. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com.